was popping was popping was popping welcome nikki and moose i'm nikki that's moose what's up moose what up y'all and welcome to episode 79 (laughs) and on this episode we are going to be talking about the leadership of rockefeller uh Mm. e40 and direct to consumer talk uh lux belair and talking about new products and how they made it through compared to every other sprint and wine situation. And then, uh, yeah, we're we going to talk about this slap, okay? We're going we gonna to talk about this slap. Uh, but in a different way. Don't think we ever come in that normal way. Moose, how do we feel about this episode? Yeah, I think this is big business and brand talk. Like, this is the truest we can be to what this podcast is about. So, uh, yeah, this one's going to be good. Let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens, cut from a different cloth. Now, joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never-before-seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force. But more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And I had to bring something back real quick. You know what time it is. The review of the week. Here it is. And this one says, my new favorite show. This podcast hits all on all topics I care about, including marketing, entertainment, and the culture. Always good gems and inspiration. Nothing but good vibes. Shout out to Denzel. Mm. Wow. And for anybody who is interested, uh, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Podcast Chasers. Um, shout out to all our audio listeners and our viewers, wherever you're watching this. We appreciate y'all. Uh, and we love y'all. Moose, Big facts. how are we Big facts. how are we feeling today? How are we feeling? Feeling good. Feeling good. I'm excited. It's the uh, you know, a start of Ramadan for me. So uh first day in the books. We're recording this on day two. So, uh, no, I feel good, man. I'm excited for the season. This is like usually one of my favorite times of the year. So I'm feeling pretty good. He's looking he's looking good over there. Normally we'd be scared <laughs> if it's around yeah, like six, seven o'clock. Oh, uh, forget sh- it. Shout out to my oh, mom. My mom was like, oh, my God, is he okay? Is he, oh, he looks sick. Yeah, he looks sick. <laughs> No, he's just fasting. Oh, my God, I could tell. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I was struggling that one time last year. I think it was on the live show when she texted you. Yeah. Like, yo, what's up with him? Listen. Yeah, Miles, we was getting hit. <laughs> but that's, that's why from now on we being considerate of the times. that I was even saying, yo, do we got to change the time for the live show? want to make sure yeah, I love you're, you for that. you're, you're yeah, eating you for that. like f- three meals already. Like, I just yeah. want to... <laughs> <laughs> I just want nah, to make I sure you you're that. good. Nah, it's good. It's good. I mean, the only time we really like, it's, go, it's going to be cutting closest towards the end of the month where, because, uh, you know, like as we get closer to the summer, the days get longer or yeah. the, the sun the sun is out longer. So our fasting time will increase about an hour, but that's like literally towards the end of the month. So even then I'll still be able to eat like 
10 minutes before we go on live and then you know the podcast we can always work around that so yeah, the, the podcast is a little bit more flexible yeah, yeah, we should be straight <laughs> we should be straight podcast a little bit more flexible but yeah all right i just gotta i had to make sure moose was good um listen if you don't have friends that like i was bad at the first year i was like let's go and he's like right. yeah I, I i gotta eat I was like, what? what are we talking about? Like, right. eat during it. I don't care. Like, yeah, get friends Imagine that understand. <laughs> People just hearing like chewing background, like, what in the world is going on there? <laughs> right. Crazy. But hey, it is what it is. Um, let's get into this episode because I got I got a lot to talk about. You got a lot to talk about. And of course, uh we got we got a we got to talk about this. Uh, yeah, yeah. So here's the thing, right? Um, you've probably heard about everything in the world about this Will Smith and Chris Rock situation. And we're not going to talk about it in the way that you've heard it. Um, it's pretty much been like a week since this has happened. And mm -hmm. we've seen so many different perspectives and different reactions to this whole thing. Everything from like the Oscars, how they're reacting to it, to, you know, Chris Rocks and, and Will Smith's peers and family and everything. I'm more like, this has had such a lasting impact and people don't really know what to do because of how big these two brands are. Mm -hmm. Like it's mm -hmm. nothing. If it was something regular, not saying regular, but if it was somebody else, I don't know if it would be talked about this long. I don't know if, cause you know, the, the question of if this was anybody else, would they have been getting this treatment or would they have been gotten this treatment? Like, First off, I I love the fact that there was support for both people, right? Understanding, okay, y'all y'all important. Let's put you to the side. Let's put you to the side. You good? You all right? You you great? But from you know with everybody else of how they're reacting and some people uh, pulling out from certain deals, some people supporting like Chris Rock sales skyrocketed mm -hmm. after right, this. Right. right. So with, with something so crazy that happened, there's always some pros and cons from a branding and business side that it, it took me a week to really analyze. Cause I said, even on, on my stuff, I was like, I'm, I'm not talking about this. Mm -hmm, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. definitely not talking about this. Not right now, right? Let everybody else talk about it. Let them be the TMZs of the world. I'm cool with that. I have to sit and analyze what's really happening. Like, how are they going to react? The fact that um, they're not, both of them are not super public with it. Will Smith created a, a an apology um, Chris Rock still said he's processing, but like almost both of them understanding, 
yo, let's leave this alone. Let this die out. And let's not together put fire on it, you know? Um, but like I said, how other people and other corporations and everything are dealing with it because of how big they are. Like, yeah. it's, it's almost super confusing. It's like, we know we need to do something, like with the Oscars. We know we need to do something, but Will Smith is Will Smith. Mm-hmm. And Chris Rock is Chris Rock. Like, how do you even go about this? Because if we say, like, if we do nothing, we're going to get criticized. If we do something, it could really hurt in a in big totality of things. Like... Yeah. So, first, I want to, I want to show that that's what happens when you create a power brand. Mm-hmm. Like I was just about to say, yeah. When things go wrong, you confuse a lot of people of how they're supposed to react, and that's like this good thing and a bad thing. But that's the power of both their brands, you know. And, and I would love to hear what you have to say about yeah. it because it's just like it's. It's mind-boggling yeah. how we still don't know what is going to happen. For sure, for sure. I mean, I think the part of you're seeing the power of brand on full display, mm-hmm. there is there's no better way to put it, right? Because you're seeing some of the biggest organizations in Hollywood or entertainment afraid to make the wrong decision because of what these two people have represented. So I think that's a big indicator for us when we're building brand. It goes to show that a lot of the good that you pour into your career and your business and your company and your brand, it doesn't entirely go to waste, right? I'm sure at, at the Oscars roundtable right now, as they're thinking about, hey, what do we do to Will Smith? They're thinking about, well, hold on a second. You know, he's been in this industry for over 30 years. You know, he's given us a lot of great moments, a lot of great memories, a lot of great art and entertainment. Right. And that's 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 the power of brand. So I think that's why it's never bad when you do certain things to push your brand forward, to make it better, to make it bigger, because it does cover for some of these shortcomings. Now, of course, we get it right. We're all human. We're all making mistakes. Not we're going to. We're all making mistakes. Me, Nikki, all of us, <laughs> your, your favorite people, they're making mistakes, too. So it's it's times like this that I believe uh, will cover for you or your brand will cover for you when times like this happen. Now, on the flip side of it, I can't help but think about, of course, the business taking a hit. However, which way you spin it, yeah. even the indecision, the 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 fact that, you know, the Oscars or some of these organizations don't want to make a decision doesn't mean that they're the personal business is not taking a hit. There's people who are probably like, uh, even if we were considering them for something, let's stay away from that right now because you know it, it's probably not the best thing to do. Let's see how it is played out. So that's the unfortunate part. While the brand may cover your reputation, I do believe your pockets always take a hit when something like this happens. Yep. Um. Of course, and he is texting while while I uh, do this podcast. Shout out to E. <laughs> um, what I will say is that I do I do wonder 
if then this would probably be the last thing I say. I do wonder if this is going to be a quote unquote their own version of red table talk. Just like how they um nipped everything in the bud about the August Alcina situation. So are they later down the road going to put their own version of that situation? That's my only thing. Um, That's interesting. Because we we saw it and clearly not to this situ not not to this impact, but I mean the they stayed quiet during the August Alcina situation and they waited to put on their own platform of what exactly happened. So clearly there is a story to be said mm -hmm. um, from both parties. And I wonder if there is going to be something of that or are we going to go back to the Oprah vibes? Because it's going to be talked about. That's that's yeah. the thing I do know. There is going to be an exclusive interview somehow, some way with one or the other parties. Right. Somebody's going to get it. Yeah. Are they going to be able to narrate it or are they going to get on somebody else's platform and speak mm -hmm. on it? That's what I'm very yeah curious about i i would love for them to narrate it like they did with the other one i think that was yeah. i think that's great i'm always big on narrating your own story so for sure i think as men I, they need to like if that is the case as men they need to sit down together you know when and have that discussion uh together as opposed to each party and then it, it just creates more gossip when every person is telling only one side of the story all right, so like that's about the the only personal thing that I'll put in there. If that is the case, I would like to see them sit down together because, of course, the only argument that I think made made sense or I can at least give some respect to is the whole concept around mental health with you know black men and some of the things like that. Was like okay, you, you can't shut that down. You can't just like sweep that under the rug. Like oh yeah, no, that that's not valid. So I, I do got to give a lot of respect for that, but I think, yeah, I, I would like to see them talk it out. You mean talk it out in, in the public? Like if they're going to do the red table talk, right. then it's not just like Will telling his side oh, of, oh, you don't understand. Okay. I've just been through so much. It's like, okay, we do respect. Yeah, we understand that. But it's like, can there be a discussion to give an example to the millions of people who are watching you two mm -hmm. of how two men can come together and, you know, maybe close a chapter or move forward in a better light or take responsibility or accountability for their actions. You know, like, I, I think that's a better thing because at that point too, you also got to think it can't be just about them for the entirety of, you know, that this, this topic is, is in the public. I, mm -hmm. I, again, just my personal opinion, I'd like to see them at some point pay it forward in the sense of let's show a better example for how to bounce back from, when something like this happens. Hmm. Somebody uh, tell their camps Moose's suggestion. You feel me? You yeah, feel me? I'm little... just saying. Little, little things like that. But uh, <laughs> let's, let's get into, uh, let's get into the heart of the episode. We had to talk about that. I know people have been blowing up our DMs about it. But um, let's talk about uh, Rockefeller. Let's talk about 
Uh, shout out to Moose. If, if you're watching the video, he has this really nice Chris uh, Plains hat now that is red that I'm really feeling that Dude. I just realized in the middle of this. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's so like, oh, fitting got, that we're talking he, about Rockefeller with this hat on. Yeah. Right, right. So, um, so Moose passed me a interview with Biggs, who is one of the three people that owned Rockefeller. And what the original re reason for it, I had to switch it because there is something that doesn't really get talked about a lot when it comes to Rockefeller. And it is the birth of so many different entrepreneurs um, and that mainly everybody that came from Rockefeller, whether you were on the street team or whether you were uh, one of the artists, have successfully done something, right? And so what was that culture about? What kind of leadership was brought about? So we got a clip. In the beginning, we definitely wanted to uh, birth entrepreneurs, right? By uh, setting fire to that path and leading the way. At the time, we were trying to think about how to make the artists coming up bosses so they could have their own record companies and music labels and their own staff because at that time we knew we were transitioning out. The young men and women, they was able to feel more relaxed and then feel comfortable getting into a role of leadership themselves. And we also gave a lot of, uh, you know, uh, leadway for these uh, young women and men to do their own things and to have their own ideas. So everybody that worked for us is either a vice president or a president at a different uh, record label right. or music company. It's just crazy yeah. to me. I'm just happy for everybody, you know. Even the street team, you know, I'm looking at now, they have real estate companies and things like that. Man, yeah, I've been on these uh, Biggs interviews heavy uh, the last two or three weeks just because I felt for me it's important to study the history, but also just really understand the mentality behind how did they build one of the best brands technically, right, in hip hop and in music. But I love what he's saying here because, in, and this is just in my personal study, especially over the last couple of months, I've, I've been paying attention to what people say about legacy and generational wealth. And while there's a lot of enthusiasm around that topic, there isn't as much enthusiasm around succession planning. Mm. So succession planning is what's known to be, especially in corporate America or business leaders, they all know about that the mark of every great career is you prepare the next person to take over your role successfully. Yeah. You don't just sit there and say, oh, I'm at the top. I'm winning. I'm creaming. I'm killing the game. I'm just going to soak it all up. At some point, you need to start thinking about, okay, how can I position the next person, even if that may maybe dim the light on my stardom a little bit, because I'm now putting someone else in position to come and take over my spot. But when the true win for, say, the company or the brand, when that, when that win is truly the best interest of everyone, you start thinking about more than just yourself. So my favorite part about this clip here is, you know, how he's telling you, like, the idea was to always put other people in position to learn how to lead and how to win. So 
it's, it's a mark. Like, I think it's, it's definitely one of those things that should allow us to think to ourselves as business people, yo, who am I putting in position? Who am I preparing? Who am I taking along with me to learn a lot of the things that I've learned that took me years, right? Because I do believe that that's, a, that's the beautiful thing about legacy. You're able to teach your family, whether they be family members or not family members, but you're able to teach them a lot of what you took years to acquire in a short amount of time so that they can avoid making the mistakes that you've made. And more importantly, I believe it's for the betterment of the brand, the company or the business. Now you got young talent that are taking over the reign. You got younger people who are going to extend the lifeline of your brand or your business because at some point you might get tired, you might get bored, you might not have the same edge. But when you put someone younger in there, got better ideas, and more in, they're more in tune with what is, what is more relevant, what's more popular, how can I infuse that with something that we've always done? And I know there's some concern about like, oh, things always take a dip when you know, the, the next generation takes over. It's not entirely true, right? Like if, the, the per, if you train them right, I don't think that that's the case. They're, they're able to protect the legacy, but also bring about some innovation that can take it to a new level. I look at it that that's extremely good first off because uh that that hasn't happened to me. You feel me? <laughs> but besides that, really it's <laughs> gonna make oh, people man. feel a bit like they're not doing this for me. I know. Right. Half of y'all I get it, right? Um no, but what I I don't know if people caught on to it in the middle of it. Um Rockefeller was always had always a plan to sell, mm-hmm. right? Um, they looked at the whole like rappers pretty much have like a four or five year lifespan. Let's take advantage of this this situation. Let's create something amazing and then let's sell it. Now, uh, you would know more about this, but from what I heard, uh, the the point of building a business is to sell it, yeah. right? A lot of people tend to do that. Now, there's some that is like, I'm a for lifer, I'm gonna keep this for the rest of my life, then get presented with a really nice fat check and they're like, oh, I don't know if I'm a lifer. Uh, I'm just- Yeah, I'm gonna do a different life. You know, with, <laughs> I, I thought of this business, I could do this again, right? right. Um, so understanding that if business is, are created meant to sell. Why isn't that mindset of making sure that the people are good and they are uh, not only being able to take over the next position and the next position, but in order to take over the next position for their life, if they Mm -hmm. already know this right here may not last for for multiple reasons, whether you outgrew the position or whether this business is about to be under complete new management or completely bought out. Like, yeah, I, I, I question that. But then as understanding for leadership training, looking within and be like, OK, what can I learn from this? You know, mm-hmm. what can I how can I set up the guys a little bit better 
in order because even me, I ne- I haven't really thought of we're just starting. So I can't think of selling and we're just right. starting, right? But then there are that mindset of you need to think at the the end in mind, right? Um so how can we set up, you know, these people for better success, right? And not just saying, "Oh, you're exposed to this." Or you have these opportunities and these doors are open and things like that, which is all great and very big and fluffy words. It's extremely big and fluffy words. But what Rockefeller did was legit, like, this is like how they did with Cam, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Cameron, for those people who don't know, is a rapper uh, from Harlem, created a whole movement with Dipset. For those who don't know, right? Uh, hence why New York was wearing pink for a very long time. That's because of them. So when Cam came to, to Rockefeller, he was positioned it, as a high exec as well as having, you know, their own record label for, for Dipset. Mm-hmm. Why? Because cam came at the later years and they already knew what time it was so let's make sure if you do come here that you are set up perfectly for when this transitions and there's no setbacks or anything like that like you knew you know how you have to move you almost have to move a little bit independent in order to do this and now my question thinking about that is because we've we've covered here as well as just certain other uh companies as well is like we do stuff for you but sometimes we want you to do it yourself and mm-hmm. is that a tactic of we want you to grow on your own kind of situation like i'm thinking about it now that this is kind of brought up and i'm like Oh, are you doing that tactic? Like, let me, like, like that parent that's like, okay, you're crying. I'm not going to pick you up each and every single solitary time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's two different frame of thought. In my opinion, I don't think that's that's the thing, right? Because it's one thing to say, I, I don't want you to. I was trying to give some yeah, leaders. No, no, nah, nah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Cause, cause you know why? Like, and, and Biggs talks about it in some of his interviews. He mm-hmm. talks about how Jay didn't want to get on a, he didn't want to take a picture with any of their artists because, or he wouldn't do a feature with any of their artists because he didn't want them to blow up because he was on there. Mm. That's a different story. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, I'll help you. Mm-hmm. I'll make sure you don't fail but I'm not going to be the only reason why you succeed. That's the difference. You know what I'm saying? That's the difference because that means you need me to stay alive. But, but, but if, if I teach you how to do it on your own and I'm just kind of like guiding you from, from behind, that's a, that's a, that's a different move. So I, I don't think that it's a bad thing, but the fact that you just say, nah, I'm not gonna get involved at all. You go in on your own. You give people the, the the thought, well, well, maybe I should just go do it on my own all altogether then. You know, like right. if I'm not getting anything real here, because it becomes difficult to ask too. Like when you're when you have that type of leadership, 
it's difficult to say, okay, I think I need help. Should I ask? Ah, no, nah, I'm not going to ask. You know, and it's like you have that type of relationship, which is like, it, it, again, it puts that thought in people's heads. Yeah, and I, I might just go break it off and do it on my own. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is uh, a little too close to home. We're going to get into this next. Good topic. Good topic. Good topic. <laughs> but no, and in, in all seriousness, people like for those who are leading other people, right? You, you may feel personal about this one. Like, yo, are they really grooming me for success? That's a whole nother the same topic, but a whole nother feeling, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's really brought up from a leadership standpoint of we have teams and though we look for loyal people to stay with us and things like that, at the same time, like, are we, and I don't like saying grooming because that just sounds bad, but I don't, I can't think of another word right now. Uh, are we grooming them for success? Are, can they hold their own without this particular platform, this particular company, things like that? Mm -hmm. But with a challenge of not also feeling as if you don't care. Exactly. That's exactly. the important part. That's the balance. Yep, that's the balance. You don't want to be the reason why they win, but your absence shouldn't be the reason why they fail either. You know, that's that, that's that balance to it. Yes. All right, let's get into this next topic. Um, I thought this was pretty cool. I wanted to bring this up. This was a personal one. Um, so E-40, for those who don't know, is a Bay Area uh, legend, okay? Been in the game for over 30 years, right? Mm. Uh has launched first black owned ice cream. Okay. Let's just listen air horns to that. Um it's called uh Goon with the Spoon, which is a brand he already had that he was selling sausages and burritos already, uh direct to consumer. Uh so you can go to the website and get these different types of sausages and actually the burritos are actually sold out because of how well they're doing and because of the demand that they're on certain retails. But this is not E-40's first business, let's say, right? Um, he's done multiple things that some are public, some are not. He's a silent partner for some. He is uh, the man for others, right? And one of those uh, that he is the man about is he's in the wine and sprint business as well. And shout out to Earn Your Leisure. They brought him on to talk about the the business of the wine and sprint situation. And what was funny, before I get into the clip, we always have this conversation of do we name the brand our name or not, right? Mm -hmm. So real quick, random uh, side note, but he named his wine his name because he didn't want to call it E40, right? Mm. And because his real name sounded significant enough to be a wine, he called it. Oh, that's wild. His, uh, so his name is actually the wine 
which will be great for legacy for his um for his family. So side note on that, but uh how he sold his wine is the interesting part in what we wanted to talk about, which is direct to consumer. Let's talk about it. Straight to consumer is like the best thing right now. Like, you know, you're cutting out the liaison. It's like, it's, it's beautiful, you know? And, you know, um, it's good to have your stuff in the retail stores and all. That's fine. That's that's better too, but straight, I mean, you're cutting out all the, the hard costs, all that stuff, you know, when you go straight to consumer. So, did it online and it just started flying, like flying, flying, flying to the point where the demand got so big where all retailers was asking, how do we get it? How do we get it? Thanks to the power of social media. You know, thanks to the power of social media, I had those requests coming in from all of my fans all over the place. So I love this because this shows, first off, we we already know about the power of the internet. We already know for for most, those people who are in business and those people who are brands understand like the importance of the connection to our audience and to our consumers and clients and everything, right? To be able to get with them directly is so important. Now, from a product side or an idea-wise, service-wise, to go straight to the audience and see their reaction instead of putting it as in his case in retails and hope and pray that they're putting it on the shelves, hope and pray that they promote it. Hope and like direct to consumer is just a lot more control, a lot more work, but a lot more control, right? So from a basic standpoint, if we want to sell something, let's say, uh, let's say Nikki and Moose wanted to do merch. Let's just say that, right? Mm-hmm. We heard you. We we got y'all people. But let's just say, right? So from a bare minimum, we would have to have a website. Let's talk about it like Shopify, right? We would get the product. We would put it on Shopify. And we would say it on the podcast. And we would put it out on social media. Merch is available. Because there is already an audience base People who hear that, because we're talking straight to them, they will go to the website and buy. Now, that is a huge power because that wasn't necessarily the situation back in the days. You would have to wait for other platforms. You would have to wait for retail stores, right? And what E40 did was, let me show you that this works to the retail stores. Not even going to them first. Let me show you that it works to where the retail stores are now asking him, hello, how can I get this in our spot? Because we're trying to go on, on online. First off, it's sold out. Second, uh, every single time we go there, it's sold out. We need this on our stores so we can make some type of a profit. Now, people don't really talk about all the fees, all the percentages and everything like that, when you have to add a third party. This is why so many of the entrepreneurs and the brands that we talk about here 
are so big on cutting out the middleman mm-hmm. because we don't want to give the store this amount of percent. Like we don't want to do a restocking situation. We don't want to do, you know, whatever other taxes that may come through when it comes to having another, uh, like having a retail store or, you know, having a third party that's involved that distributes our stuff. We already have to deal with a, a maybe small to medium-sized overhead just producing. And now you're going to have a larger overhead because you're getting other people involved. So, yes, from a grand scheme of themes, of course, when you have a, a product or a service, well, pretty much a product, you'll look at like, Oh, how do I get into the Walmarts? How do I get into the, let's say, the Home Depots? How do I get into uh, the ABCs since it's wine sprint? And, and uh, like, how do I get into all these different things? Because it's grand because, you know, the traffic is there. But there is prices for traffic. There are mm-hmm. fees for traffic that we're not really putting under consideration when maybe if we were to do a little bit more of the legwork, we can get rid of those fees and have more money in our pocket, especially in the beginning. Like the beginning, we want to try to save as much money as we can. So then when those different opportunities do come, it's it's fine. Because you know what? At this point, it's a profit, right? right. It's, at this point, it's just a it's huge profit and everybody's happy this, that, and the third. Like I... And, the best part is where, unless you get a whole guap of money, where it is, you'd still do your direct-to-consumer as well as retail. You can mm-hmm. do both. Now, like I said, unless you're getting the whole guap of money, that has to make sense for you. We're not, we're not financial experts with what percentage should work. But, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think we, we need to put a little bit more respect on direct to consumer. You covered that hella good. I, I can't even add anything to that. That was awesome. That's Thank yeah, you. for real. No, that's that's perfect. Look at me talking <laughs> business and impressing moves. That. Kill that. That's what's up. Yeah, you killed that. That's what's up. For sure. You, you really don't want to say anything? I literally have nothing else to say. I'm like, you covered the <laughs> the marketing, the profit, the develop. I'm like, oh, she got every piece of it. That's what's up. No, you got it all. I love it. All right. Well. Um, transitioning into still talking about direct to consumer, another amazing brand that does this very well is Lux Belair, right? And in particular, uh, Brett Barish, right, who you may see is like this little small dude with gray hair. Um, you may have seen him with Rick Ross because, you know, Bel Air and Rick Ross is just what we've covered here. But Brett has done Ace of Spades, which we've talked about, which is Jay-Z's um, line. And he's done uh, Bamboo and he's done a whole bunch of other things. Mm. That I didn't even know about. He done do say, and for all my people who drink, we don't. But I am aware of these products, right? Um, for those people who who drink, 
understanding the importance of a Duce and an Ace of Spades and a Bel Air and a Bamboo. And he is behind all of them. And to get pieces of how this has worked from the demand that it had, it had because of certain movements and him saying no to certain things is very uh, interesting. And so we got a clip. We got two clips about this. But uh, the first one is uh, respecting your brand. It's a phenomenal brand that is in 75 plus countries. And what's great about that is everything I do is based on, I'm not forcing the brand anywhere. I didn't push it into 75 countries. 75 countries contacted us wanting the brand. That to me is the power of a brand. When someone's looking for it, they want it, they're ready for it. This brand, when I introduced it to our distributors in my industry, said, this will never work, Brett. It'll never work. You put it in a black bottle, you can't do that. You can't see the liquid. You're launching rosé first, you can't do that. You gotta launch a brute, which is the traditional champagne. Work at that price point. 10 years earlier, I would have changed everything. No, I'm not changing anything. I gotta trust my instincts and trust my gut. All my brands, whether it was Ace of Spades, whether it was Doucet, whether it's these brands, no one thought they'd work. Certain things like back then, such as trusting your instincts or listening to your guts or saying no, back then I'd just give it away. And once I started, no, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that anymore. You gotta respect the brand and respect what you're getting. and. That's dope. That's dope. I, I I like the the that line of respect the brand. You know, it's like that that's big. It's like if I just cater into the basics or what is expected in a particular industry, then there's nothing that makes me any different than what you expect to get. All right. So it's like that idea of respect the brand. I like that mentality. And there's a part of it, I think, for every creator where when you're first getting started, me personally. I'm learning more to respect and actually surround yourself with startup entrepreneurs because here's the difference. Those guys and gals, they don't have the level of success that gives them the confidence and arrogance to say, oh, I know I'm a win. I already won. When you're, a, when you're, when you're just starting from scratch, there's a level of faith. There's a level of creativity. There's like a rawness that comes with that because you got to be a little bit more scrappy to, to get to the top or to fight your way through. Right. So I, I love that. Okay. Let me not buy into what's expected in a particular industry or a code because yeah, while I want to, while I want to follow what people are suggesting, I don't want to lose my edge. I don't want to lose my creativity. So I like that respect the brand. That's a, that's a good bar. Yeah, and there, there's a few things that I got out of this one. It was uh, the the power of no. That's where the respect the mm. brand is. Like um, when you have a new idea, or when you are establishing a brand, like, and you're seeking. Some people seek for approval, right? Mm. Like, and. Of course, if you're going into an already established industry, there are going to be people that are going to say, nope, this is not going to work. This is not going to work. This is not going to work. Right. And you have to. And he said it. He was like, if this was a few years ago, absolutely. I would have changed everything. Right. He had a brand 
before, I think it was called like number three, right? He had a, 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 a different liquor. And so many people told him to change it and he didn't respect his idea and, and his gut that he changed a lot of things. But he was like, look, in the process, I learned how to distribute to the U.S. I learned the importance of uh, how the bottle looks and the importance of influencers and things like that. Like he was speaking about the lessons that he learned and that he put towards like the brands that he has now. And Mm -hmm. it is, we're going to get a lot of no's, you know, and the no's is what crafts our brand is what makes it stronger to where when you say, and I forgot who he was talking about, but there was a, no, he didn't mention it. He was saying there was this actor that um, wanted Ace of Spades. When he had Ace of Spades, it was like, hey, pass me a few bottles of, of Ace of Spades. It's like, ah, the way production is right now, it's limited. Hmm. I, I hear you. It was a very powerful actor. I hear you, but give me, give me some of the bottles. And he said, no. And a few months later, the man started spending over like half a mil on Ace of Spades. Right. And when you follow your gut and you just say no, and that's just like, that's an example of saying no. But when you you have your brand, you're hearing all these different feedback and you are just sticking to your gut. It actually builds respect for the brand. It actually is like, let me see if this is going to work. There's been, I, I think about it like boxing. There's some fighters I don't care for, right? Because of how they go. I, I'm like, yo, you're, it, for example, Logan Paul, the Paul brothers, right? You almost watch them to see if it's going, if it's going to fail, but as they continue to win, you almost gain respect with like, yeah. yo, okay, I got to I got to respect how you up, do yeah. things. Right. Yeah. So the the more you hear how you should change things and how you're supposed to do things and you don't listen to them, people are still going to watch you and actually gain respect for creating your own lane. And hence why his brand has gotten to so many different countries and has become one of the top selling um, of, 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 of their kind. So it's like we, we worry too much about disappointing other people or we worry about the feedback and should I change it and should I not? But we're creating something based off how we, how our gut is and how we, should move about it. We're creating a whole different lane that people are going to watch regardless if they want to or not, and are going to respect it down the line. I, I love Floyd Mayweather for that same situation. So many people watched him to see if he was going to fail because he wasn't a typical boxer. He didn't follow the typical storyline. And so when we look at this, um, 
it, it, it goes more than just products. It goes towards branding. It goes towards business. It goes towards a lot of things mm-hmm. because you're going to hear feedback from a lot of things. Yeah. And we, we are influenced by the industry that we're in, hence why we're in the industry. And so we sometimes give too much credit to them to where they actually mold us to being just like them. When we are not them, we're something else. We're our own unique mm-hmm. story. Hmm. I like that. I like that. That's real. Yeah, you watched them so much that you, although you kind of like disliked them at first, you start to become a fan after a while. It's like, mm-hmm. oh man, Floyd is kind of nice. You know what? I'm, I'm low-key a Floyd fan now. It's true. Right. It's true. Because if you think about it with, with, um, with his company, it's like, no, you were not supposed to put it in a black bottle. No, you're supposed to come out with this liquor first and not necessarily that one. No, you're supposed to. And so you look, these people are probably looking like, see, it's going to fail. It's going to fail. Mm-hmm. And since it didn't, they're like, oh, okay, well, we got to, your numbers say, yeah. and this is where it stops being from opinions and it goes from facts. Because mm-hmm. now numbers equal up the success. The stats equal up what's really, how it's really supposed to be besides what your opinion is. Yeah. Mm, thing. Big facts. But uh, the last thing we want to talk about is when we do think about new products and new services, I, I like this topic just because uh, from an extreme execution side, we've had these conversations of should we bring up something new? Uh, this is the product. So, like, do we create something outside of it? Like, so yeah. many things of this conversation happen. And and then as you have a brand, you're going to want to think of how to expand. And you may have something that already works, but now do I make a new product? Do I make this? So... Uh, Brett said this about new products. I wanted to do new brands. I want to develop new products. I think, and I always say this, new products in in any industry, uh, but let's be specific to ours, is the lifeblood of an industry. You know, it creates excitement. It creates new users to a category. To me, it's inspiring. It's the hardest part to do it because you're developing something from scratch. You're not taking a legacy brand and trying to do something. I just want to know what Moose has to say about this. Man, that that's so real. But I, I mean, and you've noticed me, I've been using even when we were in the, the metaverse and, and talking with the MetaSuite group, like we talked about the word innovation for a minute. Yeah. Right. Because I'm starting to realize myself that although it's, as, as, as the guy mentioned there, Brett, right? Like it's one of the hardest things to do it is impossible to stay relevant for an extended period of time. And by an extended period of time, I mean five, 10, 20 years. It's impossible to stay relevant off of the one singular product that got the market's attention for you. Mm-hmm. And, and just continuing to run different spinoffs off, off of that. I'm not saying you need to get to a point where you need to retire the thing that you're known for, but you got to add some complementing services or products that go along with it, right? There's always something that 
people need or use with whatever it is you bring to the marketplace, right? It's like peanut butter and jelly. You know, it's like uh, coffee and milk. Like there's something that they need, that they do with it. So I think if we can start training our minds to think about, okay, okay, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of success with this brand. And if I have the infrastructure in place that I won't maybe lose a step if I add something new, but what can I do that will complement this? Maybe I could sell it as a bundle or, or bring it together to be one thing instead of they, cut, they get this from me, but they go to somebody else to get something else. I already have their trust. And what do we know about consumers in general? If they purchase from you once, they're more likely to purchase from you again. Very few people are going to have a great experience buying from someone and then just for the heck of it, going somewhere else to try the same exact thing. Right. Like it, it almost rarely happens. So it's one of those things that I think is so important because, yeah, it's difficult. It definitely puts you back in that, that new startup mode again. And you're having to, you know, try something new and, okay, what's working? And man, I, what, if I, what if it doesn't work and I lose the kind of success label next to my name and, and, and I already had a working brand or product, but, but that's, that's why you got to be in the game. I think when you start thinking long-term, you recognize that you got to add more pieces to that puzzle. Yeah. And it is a scary thought because you have like, you have the foundation. This is yeah. what works. Right. And it's like, I think of it like, Random example of like Mitchell and S. They were dope for mm -hmm. the jerseys, right? I don't know about the hats, right? right? You feel me? Like, I don't know about anything else, but I know for sure for the, for the jerseys, they're dope. However, you got to think of it like we already, we, we have the, the golden child. This is never going to fail. We could try new things that still align with it. What are some of the things that are going to be a true extension of what our golden child is? And if it works, great. If it doesn't, we still have the golden child. Like exactly. it's not going, we may have to double down. Um, and, and I've stated this on, on the uh, podcast before, maybe double down and making it more global maybe making it more into other uh, countries and, and cultures and things like that. Maybe we have to do that if this fails, right? If this doesn't hit certain marks, but it's nothing wrong with trying something new because it continues to make you top of mind, right? I, and I, oh, okay. There's a certain, I was about to say names and I'm, I'm going to be very careful, <laughs> very careful. Um, yeah. But like I think of certain certain personal brands when, when I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about their one product and how they will do ads and everything like that and it's working for that amount. And then... Evergreen that joint over and over and over again. And so from a certain standpoint to new people is great. Mm -hmm. But sometimes new products 
are great for those people who have already been in the system, who are their like core following, right? Core exactly. clientele. And so you have to continue to put out something new, maybe not every single week or anything like that, but you want to continue to put something new in order to keep them in the system and keep them happy. They don't want to go nowhere. You, They feel connected to you in some way, shape, or form. They continue to take their credit card out for you, right? They continue mm-hmm. to show up. And so new products are not, don't necessarily have to be so scary because you're trying to create things in order to cater to your existing clientele. But if you have that, if you're that one trick pony kind of vibes, that's going to die out after a while. Yeah. 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 There's so much that is not in your control when it's only that one thing for you. And, and we said it before on one of our episodes, one is too close to none. Mm-hmm. And, and it should anything happen. And we're seeing it in, in, in today's world. That anything is happening regularly. Like the stuff that we're like, oh, you ain't got to worry about that. That stuff happening, it seemed like every other week there's some craziness that we would have never thought would happen is happening and wiping some people out or at least bringing about some level of turbulence to be like, oh, shoot, yo, hang on tight and let's hope we get through this thing because it's about to get ugly. So it's definitely one of those things that we got to try. And I, and again, I've, I, I, I probably say this like every other week. You introduce a very cool way of testing new without seeming desperate or without, you know, feeling like you don't know what you're doing. It's like, no, you don't have to go all in all the way. So for somebody listening, like, oh, does that mean I need to take my whole savings and dump it into a new product? No, you can, you can, you know, ask what your people are looking for what what else what else do they use in addition to the products or services that you offer how can you maybe test it out with a small rollout a little teaser sample and see what people are saying and then you keep scaling to get a better way of doing that so i i always give you credit for that because i know that you're always when it comes to social media especially you're always testing new types of content or new pieces and you're trying to see what catches on and that's the same thing as in a, in a big way. I mean, social media is your product, you know, like it's, it's a, it's a digital product, but that's, that's kind of the way that it works. So it's like, I wish more people would take on to that. Like, Hey, let's test this out with a smaller audience, maybe to just the people who've purchased from us in the last 30 days. Let's see if they would get it. Or what about the people in the last 90 days or six months? And you can start working some ways around that. And, and, and you'll see if, if, if this is something that you should really implement long-term or not. These are facts. Um, first and foremost, uh, go check out the after show. Okay. We're going to be talking about, uh, a key to a success when it comes to this, uh, social media game. And, and building your brand. We're going to talk about it on the after show. Uh, we, we saved the clip. So go check that out. Um, second, follow us everywhere. We just hit 8,000 subscribers on hey. YouTube. So that's because of y'all. We appreciate y'all. Um, so follow us everywhere. Nikki and Moose. Love. Um, everywhere, pretty much. Whatever platform that you're on. Um, but Moose. Final words. 
Yeah, just a spinoff of what uh, the gentleman Brett said, you know, be careful getting around people who are quick to share their opinion, but they want no responsibility when their advice doesn't work.